Listening Dog Media. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the hot mess mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our hot mess mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It is the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Peck. And I'm Jenny Powell. You need no introduction, really, Andrea, do you? Um, well, I suppose just in case people are thinking, who's that other person? <laughs> it would be good. I love it. It's Andrea McLean. <laughs> She's here. She's with us. Hello. Yeah, how are you? Hello, by the wonders of modern technology. All series, we've been running a very special competition um, to find this year's most deserving mum. And it's been one hell of a year, as we all know. And once that deserving mum's been selected, We've got a special treat from Swan. Yes, a £2,000 voucher uh, to spend with Swan on absolutely anything um, that that deserving mum wants or needs. And we have now picked her. We found her. We found so our exciting deserving mum. I know. Uh, we're going to be giving her the news at the end of this podcast. The Hot Mess Mums, Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. It's nice to see you've scrubbed up because what we do is with all our guests, I always say, oh, by the way, we do we do sort of record it on video as well. And you were saying yeah. last time you did something like this, you look like a... I look like Snape. That's it. You said you look like Snape. <laughs> I look no. like Snape. Because, you know, when you do podcasts, not all of them are in vision. And for some reason, this one that I did, I won't say who it was. She's a really lovely, very famous lady. But um, I had thought it wasn't in vision. So um, I was, I'm in my bedroom now. But I just, I closed all the curtains and everything and I had it quite dark. Yeah. So that it would, you know, the sound would be really good. And I just had like one overhead light. Hadn't done my hair or put any makeup on. I literally looked like Snape. And I was crouched <laughs> on the floor just because it was comfortable. I was sitting cross-legged. And then they said at the end, oh, yeah, and this has been recorded in vision. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but do you know, I just had to laugh it off. What can you do? I look like well, Snape. But thank you for your heads up. Best put, you, put your rollers in. Love. I did. I said, I said to Andrew, <laughs> put your rollers in because we do this in vision as well. <laughs> well, we, we won't say who it was, but we had a guest and we thought she was fine with it being in vision. And, um, <gasps> oh, yeah. When we, very this, famous this person. This is a very famous person. And... Um, I was, I'd done nursery drop-off, school drop-off, and I was driving home and my car, the phone was coming through on this car screen. I was thinking, bloody hell, what does she want? You know, because we've recorded with her in the week and um, she wasn't very happy that we'd, that we'd used video clips. <laughs> if I'd have known, I'd have had makeup on and I was like, oh shit, this is the one person I didn't want to piss off. Oh, so, no. yeah, we had it's always that way, isn't it? Down. Always yeah. the one person. I was, oh. I just laughed about it. I was like, oh, do you know what? Oh, that's, that's nice. It doesn't though. matter. It doesn't matter. Exactly. I just made a joke out of it. Yeah. So, oh, congratulations with your books. I spoke to Denise yesterday. I think it's doing oh, yeah. all right, isn't it? Do you want to? Do you want to tell us? It's doing all right. Yeah, yeah, my book, this girl is on fire. My third book is a Sunday Times bestseller. Oh, oh wow. yeah, she was very proud of you. She was really, she was gushing. In fact, she wasn't sweating. She was gushing about you. Oh, in a so, in a good way. Yes, uh, you she know, was. I, I, very proud. Denise gushing in a good way is a beautiful thing to behold. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the mind boggles. Just realised what I said. To be fair. <laughs> oh, I love it. Denise is a big, and we're talking about Denise, lovely Denise yeah. Welsh here. She's been so supportive of me because mm. the book, obviously it's about, it's about what it's experiencing a nervous breakdown, burnout, overcoming all that and put your life back together again. And she, we've known each other for, for hundreds of years and she knew after the event, cause I'm a bit weird and I kept it to myself. Um, 
and I'd spoken to her privately about mental health stuff and she's just been like really quietly championing me mm. and then when the book was coming up for release she was like right what can I do she just opened her contacts book and went here you go yeah. I've rung this person this is how we're together now she was like yeah. right you need to be on Jenny's book right okay you need to be on Chris <laughs> Evans right okay and so yeah she's been amazing so thanks Den yeah, she is. She's a real sort of, she, she just sort of takes everybody under her wing and she genuinely cares. She's not competitive. Um, you know, she's not, she's not chippy about anything. She just, she's a really generous, loving human she's being. She's lovely. Yeah. And success is not a pie that there are only so many slices to go around. Mm. It's not. Everybody can do what. Well, there's loads of room for everybody. Yeah, and share the love. Dishes it out. Dishes it out. She's lovely. Yeah. It's Good lovely that you say that because we had Simon Rimmer on yesterday and he mm. was saying something really similar actually because we were asking him how, you know, about his sort of um, chemistry with Tim and saying how, you know, obviously that's a lot down to their success. And he mm. said that they both made an agreement with each other to support each other, but never to do the one man up, I'm better than you, you mm. know, because he said there's so much of that, especially in TV. Mm. They didn't want to be part of that. And that's one of the reasons that they, they sort of... yeah. They're lovely. lovely. They're such lovely guys, actually. I've got a lot of time for, for both of them. And yeah. weirdly, my last book was about um, was Confessions of a Menopausal Woman. And they were huge in that book, Doing Well. Now, you'd mm. think, why would two middle-aged men be so proactive and supportive in a book about middle-aged menopausal women but they were they're just really open-hearted open-minded mm. lovely lovely supportive guys um and, and this time round, it's it's obviously it's been a really different experience because obviously it's two and a bit years three years since my since my last book this one is talking about mental and physical health um but what's been wonderful is the support has come equally from both men and women mm. You know, because burning out and falling down or face planting, as we call it in our in our house yeah. last year when you face planted. But mm. yes, you know, that's what we call it. Um, it's it's not a male or female thing. It's just a thing. Clearly, mm. I talk about it from my perspective and the advice I give is very female centric because it's about don't just keep saying I'm fine. Yeah. How are you? I'm fine. How, how are you? How no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm it's what we fine. do though, isn't it? We're like yeah. programmed to do it. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think also when you've got kids in the household, I remember for when I had an awful divorce, um, I was, I've never been finer, but I was the worst I'd ever been in my life because all I thought about were the kids. And I thought I have to show, you know, I have to put this front on and I have to, I don't want my parents to be concerned. I knew I was aware of the ripple effect and therefore I just hung on to everything and had this ridiculous facade. I mean, when I look back and I'm sure you'll say, both of you will say the same on the, those moments when you really are dying inside, those are the moments when you just look ridiculously okay because you are worrying about everybody else and the fallout. Um, and that's, I presume, you know, exactly what, what happened, Andrea, when you were talking about it in your book. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think a lot of it is the first priority is your kids. You're like, I can't be seen to be like that in front of the kids. Yeah. And, and obviously for me, I was, you know, how I start the book is, the, the, you know, the very first thing I say, the very first line in the book is shit happens. Mm. You, you need to find a way to get over it. That is a part of life. Nobody gets through life unscathed. But you can either sit around whinging and moaning and bitching about it and going around in circles and not really getting anywhere, or you can make a decision to how you're going to get through this, whether that's by, you know, whether you're feeling ragey about everything that's gone on and, and you're, that's sort of pushing you towards getting out of it or away from it, or whether you feel absolutely desolate and burnt out and you have no energy, so you need a light to sort of walk towards. And it doesn't matter which one of those you're feeling. If it's divorce that you're going through, and I've been through it twice, which is absolutely hideous, um, plus other stuff that I'd not come to terms with and, and had buried. I was raised, really, through beautiful, loving parents who I have a great relationship with. I, they're, they're, I, I love them very, very much. But... I was raised that, that women are polite and tidy and you dim your light and you always show up and it's slightly Stepford wifey. Mm. And that was, and I had a touch of the Stepfords about me. And, 
that was how I tried to live because I thought that was doing it the, the right way. But at my core was protecting everybody and mainly protecting the kids because especially if you're going through a, di a divorce, you just, all you care about is making sure that their life is, has as least bumps in it as possible. So you take all the body blows. And my daughter's nearly 14 now. And uh, I, uh, this, this year I started just talking through with her some of the, the bumps that I protected her from because she was starting to notice things that were, and she was ready to be told. And she said to me, you know, we had this really deep conversation about things she needed to, to know. And I said, um, you know, does that all make sense to you? And she said, mom, you're amazing. You're like Mrs. Incredible. You've been stretched over the top of us all this time. Oh. And we were just playing underneath and like bullets were pinging off you and you were just looking after us. And I was like, that, that's exactly yeah, yeah. what I've been trying to do is just be like Mrs. Incredible. And that's what all of us do. Yeah. Wow. And, and you, you know, for you to, is there a time you think sort of you're saying 13, what, 14, when, you know, it is time to sort of sit down and, mm. and have that conversation. Do you think it's quite relevant and mm. important to get that timing right? Yes, because um, I personally feel that, you know, I'm, I'm an eldest child. Mm. I'm a good girl. I've always, uh, from when I was very little, uh, and it's, it's, it's so interesting. And, and again, this is through no fault of my, my parents. This is a generation that they came from, that you learn very, very quickly. Stop showing off. Stop showing off. You know, keep quiet. And that you get rewarded for being good and quiet. And that sticks in your head. And then you realize all that kind of chutzpah, I suppose, that you have when you're little gets kind of drummed out of you. But especially when you turn... When, when you hit puberty and you gradually learn boys don't like noisy girls mm. um, or nice boys don't like noisy girls. What you realize now is actually what we all want is boys who love noisy girls. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and then you go to the workplace and you, you're constantly kind of dimming your light, dimming your light and all this sort of stuff. So for me, it's really important that I raise Amy slightly differently. I mean, in that manners, number one, I will not, there are no excuses for lack of manners and respect. That's not to an elder's thing because my sister and I both have this thing. I'm 51, my sister is 47. And we were laughing about it the other day that if an older person, mainly a man, looks cross with us, we both go, because we feel like it's our dad telling us off. And mm -hmm. that we, we, we've forgotten that we're the grownups now and actually we're allowed to go, excuse no. me. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. excuse me, that's totally wrong. So I want Amy, as uh, she's coming into to puberty now, to learn, yes, okay, have manners and be respectful and all that. Demand respect back. Mm. It's a, respect is a two-way thing. It's not something you have to be subservient to. And people who are older than you, yes, be respectful, but they don't necessarily know everything. So question and push back. And I, I, I wish I'd kept that in me. I did have that in me for probably until my early 20s. And then it just got squeezed out of me. Yeah, yeah. And now I feel like I'm back where I was before. Mm -hmm. And I, I want Amy to keep that in her. I want to drum it into her that if a, if a boyfriend ever tries to dominate her and make her feel small so he feels big, cut him out cut him out that is not what you want in your life if there's anyone in your life who they get their kicks by making you feel small get rid of them don't think that you can love them better don't think that you can change them you know we've been fed this kind of ridiculous narrative that um oh all a man needs is the love of a good woman and he'll you know he'll stop his silly ways and, and all this sort of stuff and I realized all the Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All the kind of bullshit rom-coms and romantic novels and all this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. They feed into all of that and it needs to stop. 
Mm. Yeah. I mean, you, when you're talking about the whole part of the relate, relationship bits there and being in relationships with men that aren't, that aren't right and, and behave almost mentally abusive in, in some ways, which I think is really powerful. But I think also what women go through, and, and I don't know whether you saw, saw this in TV, you mentioned it when you said about dimming your light when you were in working, is that women get labelled particularly in the media, in environments by male colleagues and bosses. And that also dims your light. I've found, you know, that whole emotional, difficult, hysterical, bipolar, I've been called when I used to work mm. in radio, um, all sorts of things because you uh, want things to be perfect, because you mm. speak up and you might be, and I was certainly when I did breakfast radio, the only woman on my team. It was all, I had two male bosses, a male a co-host, a male producer. Um, it was all guys. So the debriefing meetings afterwards, I was the only girl. And mm. sometimes it felt like you had to become one of them, which I refused to do. I mm. also refused to wear, you know, certain clothes. I'd go in mm. how I wanted to go in. I didn't care. But mm. there were things that were said and comments. And I wondered whether you've ever experienced that too and think that that's also an issue that can dim our lights to be who we are and to mm. hide that part of us away. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I've, um, you know, I've done many jobs throughout my life. I worked in pubs and bars. I worked in clothes shops. I worked in uh, hairdressing salons. I, I've done all kinds of jobs and every single one of them I've experienced that. So it's not something that's unique to the media or, or TV or anything, anything, uh, you know, like that. This is something that's just across the board. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's so hard to tell stories without identifying who these people are. Um, but I was once told uh, when I was, uh, uh, it was years ago, uh, again, trying really hard not to identify these people. Um, I'd come back to work after maternity leave. And uh, okay, I put on four stone when I was pregnant. And that's, you know, that, that's quite a lot, but that's not abnormal. It does, it does happen. And it was about, I came back to work after three months. And then I'd say it was a couple of months after that. And I got called in to see this person who said, um, can I just ask you, are you wearing maternity trousers? And I said, yes, I am. Because uh, my, my, it, it turned out actually I had a problem with my stomach. I had to have a huge, huge internal operation on my, in, on my, my, my stomach muscles are totally torn and fallen apart. So I, they couldn't knit back together again. And uh, so I still had this sort of belly. And uh, he said, are you still wearing maternity trousers? And I was because they were the only ones that were comfortable. And he said, people don't tune in to see fat weather girls. You're going to need to lose the weight. Oh, my and God. And I went, oh, right, okay. Um, well, obviously, it's going to take a little bit of time because I have this issue with my stomach. And, and he was like, that's not what people are tuning in to see. Next day, booked a personal trainer three days a week, started dieting. Mm. And it's just what you had to do to yeah. keep your job. Absolutely. And, <sighs> you know, now I look back and think, oh, my God, why did I not? punch him in the head yeah I can't because I've got a mortgage to pay I've got bills to pay and he had the power so what could I do mm. it's interesting because yeah, yeah, coming from there. um sort of being a tv presenter but then becoming sort of like a glamorous game show hostess I mean you'd never do that now would you like for the wheel of fortune yeah the biggest discussions were probably how short my skirt was and um I remember you, know, you uh, doing that yeah, yeah. we've been around about the same amount of time. yeah we have <laughs> and you know I, I used to get uh, I had to fight for for getting like two lines in the show because I was just a mute really wasn't allowed to speak at one point and I had to yeah. I had to really work hard to get to say anything but back in the day you didn't question it you know, because it was a very different I, scenario. I can remember, sorry to interrupt yeah. Jenny, but no. I just did my enthusiasm. I can remember <laughs> um, one uh -oh. time I was a weather girl, again, this is when I was a weather, weather girl, and I hate the term weather girl, I was just a weather presenter, but you know, it's what mm. we're known as. You were, a, you were a game show girl, I was a weather girl. You were the weather girl, um, yeah. <laughs> I remember I went in to see, again, one of my bosses, and something had happened that was really unfair really really unfair the way you know I'd been treated and spoken to and, and all this 
And I came in and I just said, look, you know, you, you know, I'm a very measured person. and I'm not the kind of person to make a fuss, but this is ridiculous. I can't, you know, this, this isn't right. And he listened and he went, see that box of tapes? That's people who'll do your job for free. Anything else? And I went, no, and left. Gosh, that's, I loved that's just how it was. Yeah, and but that, isn't it interesting? Fair, that's how it still is in many yeah. mm-hmm. cases. Isn't it interesting that it's male bosses though? Radio is very much like that now, you know. It's and it's a, a very similar, even at national level, where you know they've got kids essentially I don't mean to patronize but queuing up who will sit there and do that show for no fee at all for peanuts you know Mm. um and they know it so therefore the treatment of people isn't important anymore and I always find and I hate to say this because I don't want to be sexist but I find that it is when it is run by suits when you do have men you know I, mm. I I and I find that just it's just unbelievable though isn't it and what like you say what can you do you've got the mortgage to pay you've got your children to raise you just go yeah you go okay yeah mm-hmm. so what, so what so I what, used to do yeah. Jenny you know you're talking about fighting to get a word in very much yeah, like yeah. More now um, <laughs> no it's perfect I, what I then did obviously uh because uh, you know doing the weather and what have you I just made it my own yeah, so, that's it. In, in the same way that in your you own did, way, you just do yeah, it your own I little just way. Did it in my own way, and I can, yeah. you know, my job was to basically stand there and look nice and tell people what the weather was. But I knew I was more than that, so I just did it in my own way. And I used to have a laugh with it. I used to muck about. I used to get the crew involved. Yeah, and you know, I. I'm a smart woman. So if I had that much time or that much time, I could turn it all around, but I'd always managed to get something extra and something that had a twinkle in my eye so that mm-hmm. I wasn't just standing and pointing. And then I went to see the, the, the bosses and went, look, you, I get it that I'm good at what I do and that's what I've been employed to do, but maybe you don't know this, but I've got a degree in politics and history. I've got a postgrad in journalism. I've actually was a trained journalist before I did this. I kind of fell into doing the weather and I love it and it's great fun, but I'm capable of more. So give me more, give me more stuff to do. And then I would do that and do that the best I could and then go back and go, right, what else can I do and come up with ideas? So I didn't just sit around waiting. I was very proactive. 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 Yeah. 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 Our hot mess mums telling it like it is. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. All series, we've been asking you for your nominations for the most deserving mum of 2020. We had some incredible stories come through, um, but we found someone that all of us have agreed is, as far as we're concerned, the hot mess mum's most deserving mum of 2020. And this is why Joanne thinks that her friend Emma deserves a treat from Swan this Christmas. So we we know she's obviously been through a a very tough situation as well, and and we do have to be careful what we say, but it's been a, a lot of sort of up and downs, a lot of moving and a lot of things that aren't very temporary for her right now, which is really difficult to cope with for anyone. But when you've got children as well, that's so, so hard. Yeah, she, I mean, that's always her first priority and definitely during this situation as well. Um, She hasn't had a second to think about anything for herself, really. Mm. So it's just, uh, so. yeah, this the reason I think this is going to be so lovely, apart from them needing some things, is that she can choose something that, that she wants, you know. Yeah, a it's treat. Just, yeah, because just backtracking, just so everyone knows, we, it's, um, it's the fact that really she's had to move. She's moved a lot, hasn't she? Like over eight times or something in the past couple of months. Yeah, even. yeah, eight times. Yeah. So, and it's all um, temporary and it's all very Yeah, up it was a very air, traumatic so. and challenging situation. And, um, She's done what she's had to do and uh, this wouldn't have been easy at any time. But during the lockdown, of course, um, just, yeah, it just adds to everything. um, But a lot of friends and and like yourself, et cetera, family of it sort of, she's had to borrow a lot of things. Every time she has moved, she's had to get stuff from other people. I mean, the most most recent place had nothing. It had nothing. It didn't have light bulbs. It didn't have carpets. So she's had to borrow everything um, or, you know, rely on the kindness of strangers and charities and everything. She's, um, 
got it to the state that, that, that they can call it a home in such a small amount of time with so few resources. So stick around to find out exactly how Emma reacted once she knew that she'd won. Kelly Pegg, Jenny Powell, Hot Mess Mums. And you used it as a, you know, it, it was really a springboard. Um, yeah, because you were bright enough and savvy enough to think, okay, well, I've got this vehicle. It's not ideal. I'm dealing with a few real dickheads, to be fair. But you know what? <laughs> In the end... <laughs> I'm going to come out victorious and I'm going to make this work. And that's exactly what's happened. And I think I always had that in the back of my mind. I think because I'd come, I'd been a presenter beforehand. I I really struggled. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember Carol Smiley, who'd done the Wheel of Fortune before me, she sort of worded me up and said, look, you know, you've got a place here. You've got a part to play. But, you know, you know, I know that we can, we can make this work for our own devices but then yeah. you know you, you, you've just got to play the game and then you know you, you use this as a springboard which is what I did because yeah. at the time because I, I was stuck in children's I, I just wanted to get into mainstream sort of like Saturday night sort of TV so that's why I took it and I don't ever I don't ever lie about it either and say no it's going to go people go oh god what was it like doing the window I say oh, I was so bored but I just used it you know really to get me on into sort of big yeah. telly um well, I, I love because... doing. I love doing the weather. Yeah, you because... did a lot of pointing, and I did turning things round. I mean, you know, but it was all. It was all about never this, wasn't you. it? it never, never leaves you. you. Never leaves you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I find myself just doing it to myself, and I'm just like, you know. Well, if somebody um, says to me, "What's the weather? Anyone know what the weather's like today?" Can't help it. Have to go <laughs> in the north. <laughs> yeah, down south. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're sort of like talking about the fact that you know we've we've all we've all done good um considering it was a man's world possibly still is in some ways but it must have been very interesting then to do something like SAS um who dares wins, who dares wins. where yeah in a way because that you know the guys there um you know that they're challenging you but in a completely different um, mm. way and yeah how how did you cope with that <clears throat> um well i i'm so glad that i did it so glad that i did it because yeah. and and also can i just put out there the guys are lovely mm. they're amazing they're really really beautiful humans and yeah. i still keep in touch with all of them and they're really thoroughly decent nice guys but when they're at work, which is doing SS Who Does Wins, their job is to push you to your absolute mental and physical limit. That's what they're, that's what they're doing. Their whole remit is to try and break you down, to see how you piece to yourself back together again. And they did that really well with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also did it really quickly with me. I think I broke the record for who fell apart the quickest because I think <laughs> I was about 0.1 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> because with me, when I, uh, you know, when I, you basically, every series starts differently. With us, we were abducted and we were, we were put on this boat, bags over our heads, and then marched off. So we hadn't even met any of the SAS guys yet. And then the bag was ripped off our head and there's this SS man, literally, you know, his face right like this. And I broke then. <laughs> I mean, most people at least last a couple of days before they start twitching. Yeah. But for me, um, yes, okay, that, that, that moment happened. And I, I talk about it in the book as a real pivotal moment. Mm. Um, I actually thought the experience was incredible really really incredible and now that I can look back on it with uh with calmness and hindsight it's an incredible show and I'm so glad I did it but at the time you're exhausted you're physically drained you're mentally drained you're overwhelmed with fear you, you're literally living in fear the whole time really? is that the main thing moment, you're just scared you're just scared do you know what's interesting is I think if 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 I had had my breakdown mm-hmm. and then got better, like I am now, and say next year they came to me and said, would you like to do, I'd have had a totally different experience right. because I wouldn't have been as afraid as I was then. But the reason I was so afraid was I hadn't dealt with a, all the stuff in my past that I'd needed to come to terms with. So for me, totally unexpectedly, I didn't know this was going to happen. I was instantly taken back 
to a time in my life where this is how I was treated. And I couldn't separate the two. And even though my, I'm a very logical person, you know, and I knew it's not happening again, but it felt like it was happening again. Right. And all my nerves were jangling like it was happening again. So I think I had a real visceral response to it. But the bits that you don't see in the show, um, for me anyway, I don't know if this happens to everyone, was when you get interrogated and you pulled into the room. And again, I talk about this in the book about how awful it, it was, but then actually on the flip side, how beautiful it was as well, was the the guys and for me it was at Middleton and, and Ollie Ollerton um they're pushing you and pushing you and they want you to break they want you to break and I wouldn't mm -hmm. and in the end I just said really quietly this is not the tv nice. and they both looked at each other and I, I was just looking at the table and they looked at each other like now what do we do and then Ant was well I think that's how they looked at each other I had my head down but I could feel them kind of going oh and then said, okay, this won't go out, but you need to talk to us. So I told them the truth. And I told them why I was reacting in the way that I was. And they, I mean, they literally, they had said some terrible things to me to try and get me to break. Yeah. And when I finally told them what it was, the whole mood in the room changed. Right. And they went from these to so protective. Yeah. And it was it was actually quite beautiful because these big, burly, strong men were so gentle with me. And they just said, look, we're going to keep shouting at you. That's part of, that's part of it. But what we want you to do is instead of, instead of us, instead of cowering away, we will never hurt you. And aunt was like this, I want you to get angry. I want, I want to see a look in your eye like you want to punch me. And when I see that look, I'm going to be so happy because it means you're, you're starting to overcome it. I don't want you to feel the fear that you feel towards us that you felt then. Right. This is now. And mm -hmm. everything you felt then that you weren't allowing yourself, really feel it and get so angry. And that's what I want. And I was like, okay. And then poof bag put over my head and let out and then that was why I cried all over lovely Billy who ended up escorting me out mm. because it was like this release so then after that you know in the show and you can see them going come on number four mm. I don't know if anyone else could hear it but I could hear it there was a change in their voice it wasn't just come on number four you useless so-and-so it was come on number four fucking get angry and I did, and it was, it was a huge emotional release to allow myself. And again, this comes back to what we were talking about before. As women, you're not really allowed to get angry. No. You're, it's you seen kind as a bad of, thing. It's seen as a bad you, you, you know, oh my God, such bad manners, you know, to mm. scream an F and Jeff back at someone. You're supposed to just take, take it. it. And I had taken it for so, so, so long. Mm. Um, it, was, it felt really good, mm. really good. So after that, was that, and you did that show, was that a turning point for you with regards to, you, you know, you mentioned having a nervous breakdown and going through that. Mm. Did you come away from the show and go to talk to somebody? What happened afterwards? I came back and, um, well, basically when I, when I left the show, it was being filmed in Chile in South, in South America. And uh, uh, how I left the show is I got hypothermia and mm. we, I'd been out and it well, super cold. So I ended up getting carted off in an ambulance and uh, it, I eventually left at about, about four in the morning. I think I ended up back at this little hotel and in, in the, on the side of the mountain. And so the first thing I did was, was ring home to say, mm. I'm all right. And when I rang home, my dog died over the phone while I was ringing home. Now I'm, wow. I'm still dirty. I've got all my hands are cut. I'm bruised and all of this sort of stuff. I'm, and I'm ringing home and the, my husband's crying. The kids are crying. It, it literally was happening in, in real time. And I'm, I'm on speakerphone trying to make everyone feel better. And yeah. so for mm. me, I, you know, got, I went to bed, I got washed and changed. And then I flew home uh, later that night. So like 24 hours after being discharged and uh, you know, you've had this hugely traumatic event. I came home and the, my beautiful boy had died. He was 
anyone who has a dog will understand this and anyone who's been divorced will understand this he was my rock he got me yeah. through being on my own when the kids aren't with you anymore i'd go for long walks with him i'd sit with him and you know we'd sit outside and have a coffee and <laughs> watch the world go by and try not to cry you know all that sort of stuff and mm. just bang he was gone so I did what we all do. And I was like, are the kids all right? Is everyone okay? And I went back to work. And then I thought, right, get busy. Now, in the book, I also mentioned as well that because of things that happened previously, I mean, it's been a really bumpy few years. I'd had to, I got ill. I had to have a full hysterectomy. I went into surgical menopause. I was diagnosed with a life-threatening illness. I, then I got all clear of that. I went a bit loop the loop and I spent every penny I had in a kind of, I'm still alive and life is a Disney film and it will all work out okay. And I took the kids on a holiday. I bought a nice car. Mm -hmm. I did all this stuff. Just totally spent every penny. <laughs> and life is not a Disney movie, kids. It doesn't work out that way. Literally, the, hello, it's tax man here. Hello, it's your mortgage people. Oh my God, wow. what the hell have I done? And so I had made this big mistake of a, a year or so before so I threw myself into working 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 got to pay bills got to yeah. do this buried the, the SAS thing buried the sadness about the dog buried oh, all the stuff that had come back and burst out of this box that I'd put it and I got busier and busier and busier and busier until in the end I it. literally face planted yeah. because I tried to run away from my own head yeah you didn't confront sense. any of it yeah yeah so it was so all boxed then, away totally then I had to speak to someone mm -hmm. and then I had therapy and mm -hmm. then I had uh CBT as well which is was amazing um it's kind of like speed therapy it it, it makes it happen so much so much quicker and so yes last year was the worst time of my life it's also the best time of my life because I'm so glad it happened so now look at the place you're in i mean you only said not you know just recently that it you know you, you've never been better mentally um yeah. which yeah. you know and um i'm sure i mean with, with sort of the kids amy and finley especially with what's been going on um i bet for them they're just you know what's their reaction to how you've first of all your book and because of that all those stories you've told us presume we're in the book and I presume they, they've read it or whatever. What was their reaction to that? Well, Finley is 19 and away at, at uni okay. and uh, he, he hasn't read the book. I've offered it to him <laughs> and he was like, no, nah, I'm good. Oh, I think okay. Connie would do that. She's 19. She wouldn't. Nah, I'm fine. She doesn't even look at me on <laughs> yeah. Instagram. <laughs> I know. Um, whereas Amy, uh, I, gave her the, I gave her the book because I said, you know, it, it's going to be a bit hard for you to read some of the stuff in there, but I also think it's really important because there's mm. some great life lessons and there's some, you know, each chapter deals with a different thing and there's some, some great nuggets to take away and little things that you can work on. And I don't think you're ever too young to start working on yourself and, and you know, feeling strong and this sort of thing. And she said to me, um, it was really weird to read and she hasn't read all of it. And I get that. And she said, because although I knew what you, what had happened, I didn't know how you felt. And it was really weird reading how you felt because you're my mum. Mm -hmm. And I get that. So I've not pushed her to, to, you know, read anymore. But I asked her how she felt about it. And she said, I'm really proud of you because I understand how hard it was. And now I look at how you are. And actually we're like this mm -hmm. now. Yeah, I know, and I'm not one of these mums that says, "Oh, my daughter is my best friend." She's not my best friend. She's my daughter. But we have a really lovely, close relationship now. And now she knows she can talk to me about anything, because there's not that. Oh, my mum wouldn't understand. You know, what does she know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, what a journey. And it, you, um, you, you're also. I was just thinking, a stepmom too, aren't you? So you've got, what, what's that like? Just for our hot mess moms there who might be, you know, stepmothers too. I'm just, I'm, I'm not one, you see. I've got yeah. uh, my two, even though I'm divorced, but I'm just intrigued, probably for Martin, who's a stepdad, what, what it's like for you. It's, it's, it's a fascinating thing because I'd, obviously I'd never been a, uh, I've been a mum, but I'd never been a, a step-parent before. And it, it, Nick and I both talked about this, you know, and he said, 
if someone had ever asked him, would you ever get together with someone who had kids? And he'd go, no, because it just makes it really complicated. And yeah. I'd never really thought about it with getting together with a man who already has kids, but because uh, I just thought, well, it will be what it will be. And that actually is how it is. It just is right. what it is. And the girls are beautiful. They are um, 18 and 15. So there's a lot of teenage hormones going on in, in our house. <laughs> a lot of like that and like that and like that and like lot There's that. a lot of that. There is a lot of that. Um, and again, it sounds a bit weird, but the, when times have been challenging, and they have been challenging, I've been able to step back and think, what am I meant to learn from this? And sometimes it's literally been understanding a different perspective because I only have my own perspective. I only have my own rules of how I, I am with my kids and how they are with their own unique personalities. You know, all of us who are parents, we don't realize we're only used to parenting our own children. How often do you ever parent someone else's children? It's a, it's a whole different ballgame. And actually what I've, what I've realized is that all you need is to love and be patient. I'm not, I'm not their mum. I'm their stepmom. So I'm just me. I'm not trying to be a best mate. I'm also not trying to parent you in a different way. I'm just here. And I love you. And there are certain boundaries and certain things that I will take and I won't take, but I will support you and I will champion you, but I'll also not put up with some stuff. And that's it. It's actually really straightforward and simple. And I love the girls. They're wonderful girls. It's like a gift, I think. The best way of ever thinking about that is always like it's an extra gift. You know, my, my husband's older than me and his daughter's 21 and I've had her in my life since she was 11. And it's been bumpy at times because it was difficult, you know, because um, of reasons to do with her mum, really. But mm. she's back in our lives and I love it. And my kids are little and they adore her. You know, mm, so I yeah. always think, I always feel lucky for that. I just think, oh, it's just so special that I've, yeah. got, that, I've got an extra one, even though she's, yes. you know, yeah, and yeah, they adore course, her. Yeah. And, but it's never, it's not always been easy, but yeah, you go with it. and Yeah. Yeah. It's been lovely to talk to you, Andrea. It really has. Oh, I know that you've, thank um, you. you've been working hard plugging your book, but I tell you what, it's been worth it. It <laughs> Bestseller. has. Hello. I know, and I've loved it. And the response has been amazing. I've had yeah. so many beautiful, 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 you know, uh, emails to the website and um, messages to social media and all this sort of stuff. And have you heard of the, oh no, I keep calling it the starfish revolution. It's not the starfish revolution. The story about the starfish. Basically, it's this beautiful story about um, a man sees a, a, a young boy walking along a beach and he's throwing things into the sea. And he goes up to him and this boy is really tenderly picking up starfish that have been washed up on the, on the beach and he's putting them back in the ocean. And the man says, why are you doing that? There's no point, there's hundreds and hundreds of starfish and this beach is really big, what difference are you gonna make? And the boy picks one up and goes, I made a difference to this one and throws it back in, uh, puts it back into the sea. And that's how I feel with this book. I feel mm -hmm. like I'm helping one woman at a time feel better about themselves and I've always got this kind of thing in my head about the starfish and that's why I call it it's a starfish revolution I'm literally helping helping women feel great about themselves in their own way one 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 person at a time well you've definitely helped a couple of birds today anyway as well <laughs> so. We're all stars! Yes! So thank you so much. Oh, it's been lovely <laughs> talking to you. Yes, it really has. It's fascinating, you. so interesting. Thank you so really. much. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Andrea. Thank you guys. I know you're busy, so take care and good luck. <laughs> oh, thank right, you. Lovely. All right. lovely to meet you. Take care, Andrea. Right. Lots of love. Bye. Nice Bye, to see lovely. you. Bye. 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 The Hot Mess Mums, Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. All series, we've been asking for you to nominate the most deserving mum of 2020. Now we found her. This is what happened when we told the winner, Emma, she'd won £2,000 to spend with Swan. Kelly Pegg, Jenny Powell, Hot Mess Mums. Oh, it's so good to have you here with us. And, and yeah, we're sure you are sort of um, wondering. We've got uh, the lovely Joanne, your friend, with us as well. So we know that you'll be sort of um, wondering why we've brought you here. 
via Zoom to the Hot Mess Mums Club. Um, well, I think there's a really special reason um, that we've got you here, obviously, Emma, and something that we'd, we'd like to share with you today. Jenny, my darling, you'll sound so much better than me. <laughs> well, I don't know if you know, but we, we did run a competition where we invited people to um, nominate uh, a mum who's really been through it this year, um, really had a tough time, but is well-deserving of a big virtual hug, but also a slap on the back and a bit of a treat. And your lovely Joanne, um, she, um, she wrote the most beautiful um, letter and she nominated you, Emma, oh, um, wow. for what you've been through and just saying how amazing you are. In fact, I'm going to let Joanne tell you what it is that you mean to her and why she thinks you deserve quite a fabulous um, surprise that we're going to tell you about in a minute. Um, well, it was just because you've been through so much and it's, you know, been traumatic and challenging and you've just had to do so much and think on your feet. You've never had a second to yourself. You've managed to keep the kids, um, you know, upbeat and buoyant and carrying on with all their creative pursuits. I and mean, they're incredible children. They're a credit to you but you've had such a tough time and never had a second to yourself. So this is what this is about. Well, we, we know that everything's been um, a bit sort of temporary for you and um, people have been very good to you and you've, you've needed to sort of rely on people to, to help you with, with everything. And everything's a bit up and down and moving quite a bit as well and putting the children first. So this um, surprise that we have for you, uh, is something that hopefully will bring you some joy uh, and a treat and, and something that will, um, things you can keep, basically. So we'd like to give you, I think, I feel like we need a drum, drum roll, Jenny. <laughs> I could do that. I could do drum that. roll. We'd like to give you a £2,000 voucher to spend with Swan Brand UK. Wow, that's absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> that's so kind. I mean, that's going to really make a, a material difference yeah. to my family we had a bag of possessions each for weeks and weeks that was it mm. uh, but i'm just i'm so grateful it's unbelievably kind so it's everything um, from you know they've got fridge freezers they've got everything right down to mugs and cutlery and everything in between and it's uh you know when you can set your kitchen up how you want it it's going to be stylish just like you <laughs> i'm so great it's unbelievable thank you thank you to everyone it's oh honestly, honestly it's fine <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure it's absolute pleasure and you must be so proud of your children and credit to you for what they've achieved as well I've, we've heard all about them and um, they're an inspiration they are but they've got that from someone you know and i think i know who that is um and the guys at swan will really look after you and you could really have some fun i think joanne's actually pitching to sort of help choose <laughs> it's, it's fun i mean you can just spend some time just by caring doing it before you do it for real it's lots of fun <laughs> Joanne has it got to be teal they, they do have a lot of teal options but you could choose something less good than that <laughs> <laughs> can I just can I say one thing my yeah. motto through all of this mm -hmm. has been onwards and onwards because I haven't felt that I could say that the trajectory was upwards because mm -hmm. it hasn't been it's always one step forward and two steps back yes but I'm hoping and with your support and your help that actually I can go on an upwards trajectory and we can start again in 2021 and we can fly high again. Now I'm 51 and I'm starting from scratch and that's a big thing to deal with. Yeah. So I'm so overwhelmingly grateful to you all. Thank you so much. And oh, pleasure, Emma. Merry it's a Christmas good start. and happy holidays. And yeah. Amazing. Well, we, you know, Obviously, Joanne nominated you, <laughs> but yeah. you know it's a it's a pleasure to 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 know that this is going to you, um, and you know it helps to bring something a bit homely as well, and things you can keep and just have joy out of. You know all those little comforts that really are our greatest comforts, aren't they? Oh, I'm so pleased. Uh, I got a bit emotional there, but that's a good thing. Um, we've we've definitely found the right person. Um, you've got a great friend in Joanne. You really have. There, well, she's family and she's family I can see and I just hope that every time you pick up that kettle or you pop that toaster you think of us <laughs> and do you know what they've got they've got they've got that dream American style fridge freezer oh yes yeah 
like the oh no i better not say that name but yes it's like another style but better yeah, another style, but better. yeah. oh i'm just i mean i'm i'm amazed i've i've been so lucky and i've been doing a lot of free cycle actually mm-hmm. so the things that i have have come from free cycle things that people can't get to the tip so i've yeah. been you know um i just it's told me what's important in life and my my family and my children are mm-hmm. more important than property rights and mm-hmm. they're what makes everything you know that's my job that's my my job in life to be a mum to my children and, and a good sister and daughter to my family. So I'm so grateful. I'm absolutely overwhelmed. <laughs> good. You enjoy it. You enjoy it. Yeah. Thank, thank you, ladies. Oh, it's yeah. a pleasure. Onwards yeah. and upwards. Yes, yes. definitely. Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Oh, absolutely. And you to you too. and your lovely family. And Joanne? Yes. You did good. You did. <laughs> Well, we all know that the main prize is having a chat to actual Jenny Powell, and this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is just a, like a side thing, but a fine. The yeah. actual Jenny. The <laughs> actual one, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, it's a real one. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, she does. There's something in the water, I think. <laughs> it's just lighting. Honestly, <laughs> loads of makeup. <laughs> but no, it's been a pleasure. Honestly, warmed, warm my heart. And I can see Kelly's quite emotional. So we'll probably go off for a week now. Yeah. Uh, and you just Thanks. you just take your time and enjoy choosing what you're going to choose. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're always here for you. We're always on that podcast. But if ever you need us, we're here. Thank you, ladies. It's a pleasure. Hi, lovely to meet you. Oh, you Good too, love. Joanne. Thank you so much for getting in touch with us. Have a lovely Christmas. Bye. 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 Oh, wasn't that lovely? She's so nice. I feel all warm inside. I know. I saw a bit of a tear there as well. Oh, yeah. She really deserves it, doesn't she? It's nice to know that she's going to have a real treat this Christmas. Yeah. She was so grateful, and I really hope that it makes a difference. Um, And people, don't forget to check out swanbrown.co.uk to see what lovely products they do have. And uh, is there something happening very soon? Oh, Merry Christmas, Kelly. Love you. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, I love you too. I I didn't know what you were going to say then. Is something happening very soon? I was thinking, is it? Is it really? Merry Christmas, Christmas, everyone. (laughs) 